Now, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Points Bet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the Points Bet app now. We will take a look at some of the Points Bet situations, some of the odds that are out there. We'll also hear from Teddy Greenstein, Points Bet Sportsbook. Uh, in about 15 minutes, 15, 18 minutes, whatever it is. Don't hold me to it. Um, we could be a little off here and there. Uh, this guy's we never off. We could just stopped it. We could have been a little off. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, this guy's never off. He's always right on his game. It is Jeff Dickerson, J.D., brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Jeff, what's going on? Well, gentlemen, we are off to a interesting start here on this uh, game day Sunday. I mean, it's. It's pretty straightforward. I don't have to really be super uh, analytic here uh, to let you know that Jacksonville is going to lose this game. I don't know how the Bears could could possibly screw this up. Oh, I mean, we got to bring Robinson. that. We'll bring this back tomorrow if it, if in fact it does. <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. And then you know, but I could I'll pull a cap and be like, you can't replay it, and then it'll just it'll disappear to the ESPN One Thousand Archive, never to be heard from again. Like at the end of Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they locked up the Ark and that you know, sure, that warehouse. You never saw it again. Well, thank you. I don't know. I mean, James Robinson did. not playing to me is the, is the is the easiest indication. I'm not saying that Jacksonville's players aren't going to go out there and play hard. Players play. But as an organization, you take certain steps to ensure that you're not going to screw this up and you're not going to give back Trevor Lawrence to the Jets, who were unable or, um, I guess, uh, not savvy enough to put the same safeguards in place against the Rams last week. Mike Glennon is a terrible quarterback. I covered him. I've never seen the football hit the ground more in training camp than I did in the summer of 2017. And that really is saying something because the Bears quarterbacking over the years, as we know, has not been good. So their defense is dead last. Um, This should be very easy pickings for Trubisky, David Montgomery. Um, Jacksonville just wants to get out of there. The Bears need a win. To me, again, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it would just be a stunner for after all of this, after Arizona lost last night, for the Bears to go out there today and lose. Okay, well, J.D., that said, um, moving forward here, assuming the Bears are going to win at least one of these two games, and if they win two, they're a playoff team, so I'm guessing no one gets fired. And tell me the probability of Mitch Trubisky being back as the starter, and if he's not, what would your confidence level be in Ryan Pace? Because you mentioned Mike Glennon. That was his first swing and miss, a pretty expensive yep. one. It was money. Um, but anyway, uh, where, where would your confidence level be for, the Ryan, for Ryan Pace getting quarterback right if Trubisky moves on? So I feel pretty confident that they could find someone a lot less expensive than Trubisky that can run the type of offense that he can run that can be mobile, that can scramble a little bit, that can uh, you know have some good games, maybe not be the greatest, but I think they could accomplish that and pay a lot less. Here, Brian, I'm going to give you an analogy. Now, I, I, I did not come up with I love the analogies. I did not come up with this one, though. Okay, I had a good friend tell me this about Trubisky, and he goes, you know, let's say you're on a ship, and the ship is sinking, right? And by the grace of God, a life preserver floats your way. 
are you going to take the cannonball that dropped through the deck of your ship that caused it to sink in the first place? Are you going to swim with the cannonball on your life preserver over to a new ship? Like, if you're given the chance to stick around, wouldn't you just feel fortunate enough to stick around and say, you know what, we got in this situation where we almost drowned. We almost drowned. But we, but we, we got lucky, and we didn't do it. But why would you then bring what basically almost caused you to come down in the first place with you to this new ship, this new vessel. And all right, so who's the pi- who's the pirate? Pace or Trubisky? Who's getting? The I don't know if there's jacket? a pirate involved, but I mean, I think Pace well, there's a cannonball. Right now, for the love of God, if there's a cannonball, there's, a <laughs> there's got to be a pirate yeah. with a cannonball. A Let's say they're smugglers. I mean, they're floating. <laughs> I mean, for a while there, I, I felt like the waves were going over. Well, not the head coach. I I, w- I was pretty confident that if they won a couple of games here at the end, that the head coach, with his record and his age and the way he handles the team in a lot of areas, I thought that there was a very good chance that he would come back. General manager, I I wasn't sure just because if they were to miss the playoffs here, it would be five out of six years, and I think that's just a different conversation. But they're in the water right now. There were sharks everywhere, right? I mean, it it was explosions. And then just out of nowhere, this life preservers, they just come to them. So, I mean, I would say... I would take that life preserver and I would kick as hard as I could. I would leave everything behind and get to the new ship. And I just, I don't understand, you know, Trubisky is playing really well. Why can't it just be left at that? You know, do I really need to remind everyone that the teams that he has played the last three weeks, you've got the Detroit lions, the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. You've got the Houston Texans, the 30th ranked defense in the NFL. You've got the Detroit. Uh, you've got the Minnesota Vikings, the 27th ranked defense in the NFL. And today, guys, you've got Jacksonville ranked. Guess what? 32nd in the NFL. So while this is happening, and they've won a couple of games, and it's fun, and hey, talking about playoffs is a lot better than not talking about playoffs and firings and rebuilding. Why do, you, why do people continue, guys? Help me out here. Why do you look at these last couple of games and attach this unbelievable significance to this small stretch in the quarterback's career when you had three and a half years to look at before this point to make your decision? The, I don't get it. The only, reason, the only reason I think some people are, J.D., is that what they're allowing the offense to do is different than what they did before when Trubisky failed. He's he's throwing on the move a lot more. They're using the running game, which they hadn't used at all. And, you know, it's a, I was telling Brian earlier, it's like a basic rule. When you first started learning about football, other than you got you score the touchdown, you get six points and the extra point, you learn that if you can run the ball, you can use play-action passing, and it opens up the passing game. And it seems like over the last couple of weeks, they're able to do that and – I don't know if, you know, the best thing that Matt Nagy did all year and when he looks back in the season is giving up play calling to Bill Lazor uh, or what. But I think it's he looks completely different. The offense looks completely different by what they're doing. I understand they're doing it against poor competition, but you still they could look bad against poor competition. Other people have. It's true. But here, here you know why there was the reluctance to just run Trubisky all willy nilly? You know why there was the reluctance, right? Because. He gets hurt. He gets hurt, right? He gets hurt a lot. 
he has suffered a lot of injuries. What they were trying to determine, what they were trying to build, was a franchise quarterback. And they felt like if we keep running him outside the pocket, he's going to keep taking more hits, and he's not going to be around. So they were trying to see if he could become someone that spent a little more time in the pocket, in ter- so, so that would then lead them to feel like, long-term, this is the guy that we, that we believe in. This is our franchise quarterback, okay? At least that's, I'm sure, what the head coach was thinking. The general manager and, and that staff, you know, they drafted him second overall, so I think they were sold the moment they drafted him second overall, okay? Right. But, but the head coach was clearly not. And if you're going to argue with me that, that Matt Nagy is a big believer in Mitchell Trubisky, uh, I would re- respond, well, he benched him in week three. I mean, come <laughs> so on. Like, if he, I'm hearing you right, J- J.D., Trubisky would want to be on that other ship. So he he would soon start fresh somewhere else, given this body of work in the last four or five weeks, assuming he can continue today and, and be respectable against Green Bay. But it, to your point, if, if other GMs are going to buy the, the inflated statistics – they're going to see the body of work for three and three quarters seasons, and then they're not going to get. Is he going to start somewhere else? Is I guess what I'm asking, right? I mean, is someone going right. to be deluded enough to to put stock in these final four or five games and say that's the guy? The light bulb went on, and and we can. He, I have to have him as my starter, or is he going to be a backup somewhere? So, Brian, it's real easy on December 27th to be someone working in the NFL around the league and say, "Oh, the Bears should resign this guy." Absolutely. I mean. Okay, then you guys sign him. You guys make a play for him. Right, that's the whole thing. I mean, I think that, I think executives around the league, they know, that they see the real story. They see that this is happening against the bottom feeder of defenses. Not to say that Mitch doesn't have ability, and not saying that he won't find a place to play next year if the Bears decide not to bring him back. But, Brian, I don't know if he signs someplace as an unquestioned starter I would, I would see him maybe going someplace where it's a little more convoluted, it's a bit muddied, and he could have a chance to compete. I mean, that's what my anticipation would be. Now, if, if beating you know the likes of Jacksonville and Houston and oh, well, they lost to Detroit, but he played well in that game, um, beating Minnesota, if beating all these bad teams um, is, is going to just knock people's socks off, well, then that's, that's just their opinion. I, I, I would just be highly suspicious that this is just good enough. Um, and then you're talking about if you're going to bring him back, where, what are you bringing him back at, guys? You know, right. the salary cap's going down, right? Yeah. You're going to put a franchise tag on him? You're going to, what is it, $27 million next year, oh, right? Yeah. You're, you're going to take that money up? Well, wait a minute, what? So then you're not going to do that. So you're going to do a long-term deal? Really? You're going to really do a long-term lucrative deal here? I don't know. It's just uh, let's see what happens. Let's see how the season plays out. Now, can I allow myself this, please? Quickly. If if they make the playoffs yeah. and they win out and he wins some playoff games for you, right, and he plays really well and he's the reason they beat the Saints or the Packers or the Seahawks or whomever, okay, well, then maybe we can have a different conversation, okay? We're just not to that point yet. And I feel like a lot of this is just kind of silly because we're not to the point where, in my opinion, he has done enough to salvage everything that's happened the first three and a half years.
J.D., uh, hopefully we uh, can talk to you in the next day or two. Brian and I are in for uh, Cap and Jay Hood Monday and Tuesday, so we uh, there'll be plenty of Bears talk after this one. And, oh, it'll uh, be so nice. I won't be yelled at on Monday. It'll be, no. like, coming off my, be coming no off my Christmas weekend of work, and That's I won't right. have a lot of take-dats flying at me. But uh, listen, it, it's a game they should win. You guys saw the inactives. You know, no Jalen Johnson, right. no Buster Screen. But again, guys, it goes back to the fact that Mike Lennon is their quarterback, yeah. and their running back is out. Yeah. I mean, it's ugly. It's, it, 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 it should be one where they have a very big lead um, by halftime, and then they just kind of coast in. If, if the Jacksonville Jaguars can, can mount a stiff resistance today, um, that would be a very bad look because there is no indication and no reason for them to do any of that. J.D., we'll let you go. Uh, have a good one. We will talk to you soon. We'll talk tomorrow morning, guys. Sounds Can't good. Wait. Sounds good. Jeff Dickerson uh, following the Bears, and um, they get ready to play Jacksonville about 45 minutes from now. Brian, we come back. We're going to hear from our guy, Teddy Greenstein, over at Points Bet Sportsbook. He will talk about... <laughs> Uh, he will talk about um, how bets are going and how wagers are going for the Bears and Jaguars game. Also, Bill Barnwell from ESPN had an interesting thing uh, this week that Tyler Aki uh, handed to me. And I, we're going to take a look at that, a, a situation where the Bears could actually trade a Nick Foles and sign Mitchell Trubisky, but it wouldn't hurt too, too bad. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Want to jump in? 312-332-3776. Right here in the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with a new morning show, Cap and Jay Hood. This is... ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Bears and Jaguars, the Bears control their playoff future after San Francisco knocked off Arizona yesterday. George Kittle, he's a big fan. (laughs) Yes, he does love the Bears, and that's a good thing as the Niners knocked off Arizona yesterday. A fun game to watch. Uh, The Jaguars, by the way, Brian, I don't know if you knew this, they have played some tough games, not their last two. They've lost the last two games by 47 combined points. But Doug Marone said they're not tanking, and I don't believe they are, but they are just bad. Yeah. Um, but he understands the conversation. Yeah, so. we'll hear more from Marone uh, at about 1130, 11.35. We'll hear from Mitchell Trubisky also. We'll take a look at what Bill Barnwell had to say. But right now, each and every week we do this. We check in with our good friend Teddy Greenstein over at PointsBet Sportsbook. Teddy, how are the wagers going today for this Bears-Jaguars game? Good morning, Fred. The points bet line is seven and a half, and it has been as statuesque as Mike Glennon in the pocket. It opened at seven and a half, touched eight for a hot second, and returned to that number. We're offering favorable odds of minus 105, no matter which team you back. And if the hook bothers you, scroll down to pick your own spread. You can take the Bears at minus six and a half at a price of minus 157. Or if you're feeling bullish, you can lay 13.5 points at plus 130. No surprise, PointsBet is seeing the vast majority of wagers and handle on the Bears, about three quarters in each category. This is wild, though. The total is 46.5, and more than 99% of the money has come in on the over. So if you're the kind of better who loves to fade the public, 
take the under. David Montgomery's over-under rushing total is 81.5 yards, and he is favored to score the game's first touchdown at plus 475. Allen Robinson is next at plus 650. Our booster, Mitch Trubisky to record three or more passing or rushing touchdowns. That has been boosted from plus 215 to plus 250. Enjoy the game, and good luck. Thanks, Teddy. A lot of different wagers there. Uh, I like the Montgomery the the Trubisky with three, uh, that's three either or. It's not combined, right. so that makes it t- that makes it difficult. You know, that, that's one of the ones I would bet where he would have two throwing and then he would run one in and just I'd get aggravated. Yeah, and I don't think you really want him running the ball. Hopefully, you're up early and and you don't want him yeah. even plunging into the end zone, knowing that things have been going well with him back there in the the new play calling. But uh, interesting because. The over/under. Well, I mean Montgomery anytime touchdown minus one fifty-five, right? Which is a little rich, but the way things have been going, you know, would you lay that? But the over, as Teddy just said, people pounding the over. The Bears are supposedly going to have to account for twenty-seven and a half of those right. points, right? That's yeah, a lot. I think a month ago they were like seventeen and a half, eighteen, uh-huh. right? They couldn't even crack twenty. Do you have enough? confidence against a really bad Jacksonville team that they can continue. Should that number actually be higher given that they've been getting 30 points in the first half of the last couple of weeks? Right. It probably should be. It probably should which be Which scares me. Yeah. Which I would tend to go under because it seems like they're just telling you here, take the over and you'll yeah. win. And I, that's never how it actually happens. I actually had a good couple of days. I, I, I had the, uh, the win and the over in the Saints game, and I had three NBA games the other day, and I won that parlay too. But then oh yesterday, yesterday I had um, the over in the Arizona game, figuring the Cardinals would score some points, and the final was twenty to twelve. So hmm. yeah, that didn't help all that much. You just fade the Bulls right now, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I, the other day I had a good one. It was uh, Kobe White scoring uh, less than nineteen points. That wasn't a problem. You could have that one for most of the season. He hit three threes of the first quarter yesterday. But and that was it. Man, they, they don't know what defense means. They don't know. No. Every every time they come back from a commercial break, Stacey King is diagramming how they didn't help on defense. Almost every single time. And, think Stacey uh, wants the 40-win prediction back? God. Yeah, I think he might. And, and someone, actually Tyler Rocky, I think, mentioned it. I think that when he made that, he thought there were still 82 games. Or, but or even over, still, over two seasons because <laughs> he did he did say forty, but he also said fifty too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he mentioned that too. Over two seasons. Oh uh, God! Was, and then and beep, then beep. Zach Levine just completely disappeared yesterday, well, and hey, I don't know what it was, but it, 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 now with Kobe having the ball as the point guard, he's just not. I mean, it was, it was watching Sadoransky. I'm sorry, we can't go off on a Bulls tangent here. <laughs> We'll do that tomorrow and Tuesday, yeah. okay? Because they play the Warriors tonight. <laughs> oh, and, boy. Yeah, and the Warriors have not been playing well, but um, they got the Bulls tonight, so that should be a pretty easy thing. Listen, anytime we talk Mitchell Trubisky, there's a guy who it just he perks up, and he pops in every once in a while, and it's out in display, and it's Mitchell. Mitchell, what's going on? Hey, what's up there, Fred? Thank you for that wonderful intro. You're absolutely right, because when it comes to Trubisky, you have to basically lay out your case. And, Your Honor, I want to lay out my case to you in these simple words. The bottom line is that when Pace and Nagy got together and when they were introduced as the head coach, when Nagy was introduced as the head coach, it was like a motivational speech. 
Now, on one hand, Nagy would be a great leader of a therapy session called EST, but as a head coach, he's failed miserably. Now, let's go back to Trubisky. You've had four years in your honor, four years to establish and look at the way he plays. He cannot throw downfield. He does not have a deep ball. And by the way, folks, he does not have any torque, touch, or zip on the ball. Okay, zero. Okay, and that's the biggest problem because he'll never be the divisional quarterback in our particular division. He's never going to beat Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to go toe-to-toe with Matthew Stafford. And I would say that he's never going to be equal, not even close, to Kirk Cousins. So if you take the emphasis off what I call being the leader of the pack in our division, it stems from Nagy. You know, we had uh, Lovey Smith. His first press conference was based on we need to we need to beat Green Bay, and that emphasis has been lost for decades. And Nagy wants to have an S therapy session because he wants to talk about your feelings, which I validate. And like you know, if he worked in insurance, but on a football grid, he does not have the ability because basically Nagy is a neophyte. He's at his beginning stage. And then you complicate matters that Trubisky really is not an NFL quarterback. He cannot read a defense. And when the rush comes in, he gets eaten alive. He's not a has the ability to what I call, you know, if you need to get the long ball downfield. I mean, Fred, when's the last time we've had a quarterback that can throw downfield? And I'll answer that for you. You know what it was? It was Cutler, McCown. You had Jim right, Miller. Right. I, okay, you had these quarterbacks that actually made the game what I call, you know, they were competitive. The day that Trubisky was playing up to the present, folks, what I see is a law of diminishing returns. And if you think, okay, if you think that Trubisky somehow is going to have what I call this 180 turnaround and that he's going to get this gigantic contract for next year, then you're only fooling yourself. Mitchell. Friends, let me hear your thoughts. Mitchell, we appreciate it as always. And, and, and Brian, Mitchell called a couple weeks ago. The one point he brings up is that he cannot throw the ball downfield. Uh, he, yeah. he, he has a hard time connecting on deep passes. Well, um, here, there's no I'll, doubt I'll about that. It. We talked about uh, with Dan Weeder earlier on the on the Cap and Jay Hood yeah. show this week, uh, the Colleen Kane piece in the Tribune, the 30 you know, pivotal decisions. Yeah, it was, cut to, it was cut to 10 today in the in the paper. Yeah, yeah. but basically uh, Ryan Pace over six seasons, 30 of decisions that weigh, you know, good or bad, positive, negative. Obviously, it starts with the quarterback. And here's what he said about Mitch Trubisky when he selected him. Quote, as I studied all these quarterbacks, his accuracy jumps out right away. <laughs> his ability to process and see the whole field jumps out right away. He's very athletic. Okay, we give him that. He can extend the play. And one trait you'll notice as quarterbacks are extending the play, the ability to move around, keep his eyes downfield, still looking for open targets instead of just talking the ball and wanting to run. That That's not <laughs> no. the quarterback no, it's we've not. seen. No. That, that's not. Not so, at all. Not at all, and that's it, it, that's such an indictment on what he, you know. Because if if that's what he saw, we have not seen hardly any of that uh, since Trubisky has come here. Now I mentioned Bill Barnwell. Now Bill Bar- Barnwell from ESPN, he did a piece earlier this week talking about the offseason quarterback dominoes, and one of his scenarios is that Carson Wentz is on the move, and he's got the Eagles can trade Wentz to the Colts for a third round pick and conditional twenty twenty two selection, but. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is, well, who's going to quarterback for them? And here's what he said. The Bears would trade quarterback Nick Foles to the Eagles for tight end Zach Ertz and a 2021 sixth-round pick. 
And he says, Chicago doesn't have much cap space either, but Ertz's $8.3 million salary would swap in replacement of Jimmy Graham, who's likely to be cut after the season. We all know how much general manager Ryan Pace loves his tight ends, and Ertz would step in alongside Cole Komet at two tight end set. For the Bears, Foles has $4 million base salary in 2021, makes him financially feasible for his former team. What could the Bears do after parting with Foles? And here's what he says. Chicago signs Mitchell Trubisky to a four-year, $90 million deal. Says, I'm skeptical of Trubisky's recent resurgence, given that much of it has come against middling or subpar pass defenses. But the Bears spent years convincing themselves that he was their starter of the future. Chicago has a 33% chance of making the playoffs. That was before, obviously, right. before yesterday's game. And it wouldn't be shocking to see the organization give Trubisky the credit for turning around its season if it does make it to the postseason. The only guaranteed money in this contract, though, would be a $20 million signing bonus and a $2 million salary base for 2021, so Trubisky would be basically at a one-year, $22 million deal. Bears would structure the deal this way to keep their cap number to nine million or at nine million, while simultaneously maintaining the flexibility to get out of the deal after 2021 if he disappoints again. Interesting, another option to think about, and he broke it all down. He has it all figured out, um, but I'm sure that's what they're doing in Hallis Hall right now trying to figure out, we've got Nick Foles. How do we move him if we're going to keep Trubisky? Are we going to keep Trubisky? Are we going to keep both of them? Are we going to keep neither of them? Oh, my Lord. Talk about the dry erase board getting scratched, scratched well, off hey, numerous times. I'm, I'm glad you said how much guaranteed money is four years and $90 million. It, it all comes down to what you're guaranteeing and how you can get right. out of the contract. Right Now, if I'm Mitch Trubisky's agent and he has a, a good final couple of weeks, and as J.D. said, maybe even – you know, you get in the playoff and actually look good in a playoff game. I don't know if you win or not, but you put up good numbers. Now, are you willing to basically take a one-year, twenty-two million dollar deal? Um, they, you know, the guaranteed money isn't right. going to be enough to, when the the tag is twenty-seven and plus, and you know what Nick Foles was making this year. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the PointsBet app now to get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Callers, hang in there. A couple guys want to jump in about this whole Trubisky situation. We're getting a lot more calls the next couple days about this, especially if the Bears win. And don't forget, Brian and I will be here tomorrow and Tuesday uh, on the Cap and J Hood show from 7 to 10. We'll get right back to your calls after this on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We've been talking about Mitchell Trubisky the last couple of segments, and um, Matt Bowen had an interesting thing he just put up there. And Matt Bowen's great when he's breaking down football. He does a great, great job. None of it. better. Yeah, yeah. he's an awesome. Uh, says here. Trubisky and the Bears, he's played well the last three weeks against Detroit, Houston, Minnesota. Heavily schemed offense, can define those throws, move the pocket, mirror run pass game. Still have to see him play with more consistency as a pocket thrower, mechanics, eye, plus overall pocket feel. There's no doubt what he said is exactly true. Um, But the question is, if the Bears decide not to bring him back, then where are they going to go? You know, I don't. I don't think there's one Bears fan out there that wants to see more of Nick Foles. I, re- no. I really don't think no. so. I no, didn't think I, mean, I had a problem think, going think in. About, but, yeah, think about that. I mean yeah. that that you saw enough. He got hurt, but it wasn't the injury. Just you'd seen enough, and he was thrown off the back foot. Yep. I mean, look, he was under duress 
how many, you know, the majority of his passes, he was yeah. trying to throw the ball before he got killed. So would he look better with this uh, seemingly improved offensive line? But to your point, Fred, the Bears, before they yanked Trubisky earlier in the season, they were finally, I think, going to maybe 40, 45% of, of snaps out of the shotgun. They were going back to under center, right, right with Trubisky. Right. They were trying to get him to be more of a pocket passer. And then, you know, all the wheels fell off in so many different ways. So, yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, Mundelein and Andy. Andy, thanks for hanging out. What's going on? Hey, I was thinking about Mitch, and I really think we're probably stuck with him. So I think the idea is you got to get him cheap and be looking for somebody else. So I heard you guys talking about that maybe a $20 million just so he gets some guaranteed and you can dump him after a year. I think you really don't give them any more than a, what a backup would be, and they got to start looking for. I mean, how do the Chargers get this guy Herbert that comes <laughs> up and lights stuff up, or you know some of those other quarterbacks like even Mariota came in and had a good game. Can, is, can you resurrect him? You know. Yeah, and you know, in that one game, Andy, I appreciate it. The one game when he filled in. Uh, you know, Derek Carr came back quickly uh, from a groin injury. They said they said two to four weeks. He was he was back yesterday, like a week later. Yeah, I mean, after was, seeing Mariota run yeah, out of the field. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Mariota in one in one game, like three quarters of football, he all of a sudden made made himself more money. Whatever is going to happen with him, I'm not sure what his his deal is going forward in that. But he's people are going to be looking for him now. You know, because he looked like he can do things, and everybody liked him coming out. And sometimes, as we talked earlier, sometimes you're just in a bad situation, you know. And maybe you, you know, things are better somewhere else. But well, if, if you're if you're going to structure that contract, and Trubisky's willing, and it's guaranteed for one year, and he gets paid, and and then it's a prove it contract yet again for him, because then the other things kick in, and he gets appreciably more in the second year of that four year ninety million. That's great. But you still have to draft a quarterback unless you truly are sold that you can get by another year. You don't have to groom a young quarterback because Trubisky's still young enough. Yeah. But then you start looking at where you're drafting, who is likely to be available there. And I'm sorry, you mentioned Carson Wentz. I, I scratched Trey Lance's name right off my uh, quarterback list. I can't. North Dakota State. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's that's Carson Wentz. You know, two point sure. isn't it? So sure. Hey, no thanks. Cautionary tale. Yeah. No, thank you. Yep. No, uh, Doug Marone, the head coach of Jacksonville, and you alluded to this early in the show, but he talked about, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you're coaching, but really it, it, it would help if you guys lost because of, uh, you know, bringing Lawrence in next week, next year as a top draft pick and all that stuff. And he understands all that. To say I don't understand it, I can, I mean, you know, like I said before, when I was growing up, I mean, I was a, a Detroit Lion fan, right? And, you know, the NFL draft to me is bigger than any other draft, really, right? I mean, obviously growing up a baseball fan, it's, I don't know, they used to 100,000 rounds in baseball, right? I mean, so that was never big, and that person had to go through the farm system. And then as, um, you know, and I was thinking about it after we got off the call on Monday, I was like, man, I was rooting for it because I wanted the, jo- the, the, the excuse me, the Lions to draft Billy Sims, you know, in 1980. And, um, uh, you know, when I got the first pick, I was all fired up, you know, because I knew, you know, they they take Billy Sims. And I started thinking to myself, you know, there I was as a kid. I never took into play, you know, what those coaches and players on that team, you know what I'm saying, must be feeling. So, you know, for the first time, um, 
you know, I look back and, uh, and I look at myself, well, looking now I'm, I'm coaching and you know, this stuff's going on. It's kind of the same feelings I had when I was a kid rooting for my favorite team. So I always wanted to make sure that, um, you know, that I, I understand it. I don't judge that. I don't look at that. I, you know, I told the players today that, you know, obviously that's a lot of talk now, you know, obviously what, what, what's gone on. I, I, I told the players about, you know, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but you know, Hey, we're in here today and our job is to go out there and win. And, and that's the best thing we can do for each other. So, and I told him, I said, you know, you, you, when you're not winning football games, there's going to be a lot of talk out there and you have to understand that it's what we brought upon ourselves. And, um, you know, to, to go ahead and, and battle, to try to, you know, be argumentative and, and what, you know, people that love the program and, and, and love the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, what they're feeling, it's their right. I mean, and, and it, I don't really, uh, I understand it. Yeah. So he, he, as you said, he's not an idiot. He understands no. it. Okay. But that, that's not what they're there for. The coaches and the players, they all try to win. Because as, as you talked about earlier, it's, you know they're trying to put stuff on film, on tape. It's like this is what we can do, and we were we were facing all kinds of adversity. We were going up against a Bears team, for example. Today they're going up a, a, a Bears team that it's it's pretty much must win. They have to win if they want. I mean, there's always that outside possibility that the Rams beat Arizona next week, and the Packers have nothing to play for. Possibility, and the Bears could beat them, but. No, the Bears need to go out and win. Uh, Tariq Cohen, who hasn't played all, most of the year because of the injury, he sent a thing out today uh, on Twitter. Said the oh, playoff, he's been very active yeah, on Twitter. So the playoffs have started. So that's the way that Matt Nagy and the Bears have to look at this. They have to win each and every game that they play. And they're always supposed to think that way. But even more so now, especially after Arizona lost yesterday. They win two, they're in. Yeah. They, they win the final two, they're in. They, right. they got the help they needed yesterday. And so take care of business. And I believe the line's now jumped up to eight and a half. Uh, I've seen some spots. Oh, has it really? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's no longer as uh, statuesque as um, Mike Lennon in the pocket. It's uh, <laughs> it's on the move. People are saying that uh, the Bears should take care of business. And, um, and they should today anyway. I, whether the Packers are going to be lame duck Green Bay and, and – nothing to play for in terms of their playoff seating then we'll find we'll find that out moving forward but i still expect aaron Rodgers to start that game so yeah yeah i do too uh let's go to orland park and dan hello dan what's up hey, hey how's it going guys Going well hey um you know i haven't been on the mitch trubisky bandwagon ever and uh i'm not i'm not thinking he's gonna be on our team i want to get rid of him but the only thing that may change my mind is if he wins a real playoff game However, even then, I, I'm not buying the I'm not buying the success he's had recently. He hasn't played anybody relevant, and uh, I'm on board for getting Kyle Trask if we can. He's he's played really well in the best conference in college football. He did really well against one of the best defenses in college football, and uh, I think he can play right away. And I think uh, I think Trubisky's done. Okay, we appreciate the call, Dan. I, I love Kyle Trask, and you're not obviously you're not in the conversation, no matter for Lawrence, Justin Fields, and now people are saying no. Zach Wilson yeah. from BYU should go before Fields. But you're you're looking at fifth, sixth, seventh quarterback taken, uh, where the Bears, if, if they were to spend that collateral in the first round, unless they move down. So uh, I, I'm with I, I'd love to see Kyle Trask, but. If if Mitch Trubisky, if they get in the playoffs and he wins a playoff game, Ryan Pace is going to double down on Mitch Trubisky. It's just a matter, to your point, Fred, of how you structure the contract. Right. 
Yeah. But Ryan Pace wants to prove everyone that he was right. It took maybe took longer than Ryan Pace expected, but he wants to be able to say, I told you so. Yeah, you would think so. Let's go to Aurora and Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to talk about Trubisky and the play calling. Wouldn't you guys agree that the play calling has been better to suit his strengths, you know, getting him out of the pocket? Yes. And the question then comes is, why is it taking so long? Exactly. It's like, I think really the way Trubisky, I think if he would have been playing for the rest of the year, I think we just would have saw more of this. It seems like when they play a fast-paced game with Trubisky, he seems to be more successful, and, and running that ball helps that offense. Uh, it took him forever to get that running and getting Montgomery going, because that guy's a stud. And, and it shows, and Kevin, we appreciate the call. It shows you, Brian, and, you know, offensive line play. I mean, this week, I think every Bears writer has written something about Sam Mustafer. Right, And it wasn't that he's a leader now with the offensive line as a center, but he was leading at Notre Dame when he had Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey and guys that have gone higher to bigger teams, you know, to the Colts, to the 49ers, and uh, Alex Bars, they, they've, they played together. And he was a leader with those guys then. He was the leader of their offensive line. And uh, now the Bears have given him the opportunity, and I would be shocked if when the season rolls around next year, he's not their starting center. Well, and Fred, you know, there's so many layers to the quarterback onion and, and includes the offensive right. line, right? Definitely does. You, you, you got to this uh, offensive line not by plan, no. right? Injury and other. So so. You, however you got here, you got here, right? It wasn't the grand plan to get Mustafer and, and Bars in there, but now it looks pretty good. But if Foles doesn't get hurt, is he still? Are they just sticking with Nick Foles because he's he's here next year and they have right. to hope that he gets better? Right. If if Mitch Trubisky's never pulled and Matt Nagy is still calling plays in week uh, sixteen um, or fifteen, uh, rather, if uh, would that have changed? I mean, would the the offense have evolved? Right. So it's the offensive line uh, got some stability. The play calling changed whether it's Bill Lazor's input or Mitch Trubisky's input into the offense, as he's telling you there's, they're listening to him now, you don't know what to believe, but there are so many things that did change, but it wasn't by design. Right? No. Things got bad, and Nagy fired himself. Right. Nick Foles got hurt, and Mitch Trubisky got a second chance, and the running game evolved, or they decided to actually see that Montgomery couldn't be a, a stud running back, and to, he's upheld his part of the bargain there. Yeah, we could be sitting here thinking one thing about Mitch, where up at Hallis Hall they could be saying, you know what, Nick Foles was playing in front of the offensive line before we changed it. Now with this improved offensive line, he'll be able to come and do the things that we thought he could do. You know? They can make that argument. They could, right? yeah. Because like you said, he, he was throwing off his back foot, he was getting killed, um, you know, back behind the center. Now there's a different center. There's a different guard. Uh, things have changed. The offensive line looks better. They're running the football. All things they weren't doing when Foles was here. So who knows? Um, it'll be really interesting when the season's over to see which direction they go. We come back. We'll take a look at our poll results. We'll also have our bold predictions. Um, boy, can the, could the Bears hit 40? Uh, we'll talk about that and more. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. The Double H Attack is back. Hubner. Come on, turn around. Hanley. This is the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet. Download the PointsBet app now. Hanley and Hubner, and let's go on out to St. Charles and John. John, what's happening? Hey, how you guys doing this afternoon this morning? Doing well, John. So I'm uh, I'm on the of the opinion that we should keep Trubisky, and the reason being is you know kind of what goes underreported last summer. He made a switch of quarterback coaches, and he's seen the same quarterback coach that coaches up Mahomes, Jeff Christensen. And so his throwing motion is a lot better, and his accuracy has been a lot better this year. Um, if we could get that deal that one of those other callers was talking about where you can get him for one year for $22 bucks, it's a free option at quarterback. I think they should keep the guy, uh, at least, you know, instead of trying to go get Kyle Trask, you know, the, the next flavor of the day. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, and see, and that's the one thing, Brian, and, and Brian, you know it. You've been around long enough. It was <laughs> it was um, Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf, right? Yep. Exactly so he, right. He, and that's just a first and second. I mean, you never know with the these col- the college quarterbacks. I mean, um, lately well, they've come I mean, out. I mean, that that's a, that starts with a character issue before you even get to the yeah. disparity in talent. No, there, right? there's Hall no doubt. Yeah, right. But, but it's it's funny too because I was listening on the way in this morning, and for the longest time. Um, college offenses wouldn't play in the NFL because they said uh, NFL defenses are too good, this, 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 and this. But over the last, I don't know, five, maybe eight, ten years, um, the offenses have kind of slowly but surely moved over. So there's not as much of an adjustment for some of these quarterbacks who were like Patrick Mahomes down in college and, you know, like um, Deshaun Watson and things like that. They moved in and they're able to play a similar offense as opposed to having to learn the pro style. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. And look, I don't know if Kyle Trask is a flavor of the day. The problem was with Mitch Trubisky, there were other GMs who had him Rated as the the yeah. top quarterback in that draft class. Yep, there were. They won't admit to it today. No, but you know the guys on those GM staffs know who who were talking him up. The problem for Ryan Pace is he's the one that made the big splash and moved up a spot and spent a lot of collateral to get him, and now he has to live with him. So I always come back to this, Fred. Who's making the selection moving forward with the quarterback? If it's Ryan Pace, ninety five percent certainty that he's doubling down on Mitch Trubisky because. He has to prove that he was correct, no right. matter it took all these years. And he was also the same guy that said we're not picking up the option for the fifth year of the rookie contract. Yeah. So then he has to explain what happened, what changed this year, and why everyone should buy in moving forward. We'll have time in the next couple of days when we're in for Cap and Jay Hood because I got a point I wanted to make about that too because in my opinion, and we can't get into it now, but in my opinion, I would always rather have a general manager that would admit to his mistakes instead of just riding them out. But apparently you can't do that because as soon as you admit to your mistakes, your owners, your bosses say, well, okay, you admitted that you made a mistake, so now it gives me grounds to fire you. But before we go any further, let's make sure we hit our uh, polls that we had, the three polls that Tyler Rocky going to bring them to us. All right, so the first one we had, which team's got the brighter future, the Bears or the Jaguars? And 57% of the the voters are saying it's the Bears who will not be getting Trevor Lawrence that have the brighter future. Okay. That's that's interesting. Next up, what grade would you give Ryan Pace for the Khalil Mack trade? Leading the way, it's B with a 50% margin. Then you've got A with 24%, C at 21%, and a D or an F at 4%. I, I gave him a C. B. Yeah, I yeah. gave him a C. Either, you know, you would hope it'd be an A, given that you, you yeah. 
gave up a couple first round picks and you committed a ton of money to him, but okay. Yeah. And then the last one we've got here, has your opinion on Mitch Trubisky changed and his future with the Bears changed, given what you've seen over the last couple of weeks? 47% say yes, he's our starter. 52% say no, still need him gone. Okay. Okay, now we'll see what happens today and we'll see what happens going forward against the Packers and who knows, maybe in a playoff game. <laughs> we can hope. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. That'd be what? Uh, heck, you'd, you'd have to, you may have to be doing double duty because January 9th is the return of the hockey show, and there, there's a good chance that's that's wild card Saturday. I think we can so, handle it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll handle it. <laughs> yeah, maybe Doc won't be available, but yeah, you know, we'll handle it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? If the Bears are in the playoffs, they may actually try to make that a Nickelodeon game or something. So. <laughs> Because it would be relatively comical. So, anyway, uh, Brian, you and I will be here tomorrow. We'll, we'll break down the Bears game. And don't forget, as soon as the Bears game's over today, it'll be Jeff Meller and Howard Griffith. They will break it down for you for a couple hours here on ESPN 1000. Brian and I will be here tomorrow for in for uh, Cap and Jay Hood. And uh, we will have to talk about the Bulls sometime, too, I would think. Unless some other big story happens and we can avoid it. <laughs> but we'll also get a chance to break down because the, the Packers play tonight against the Titans. And I expect they, um, you know, the one thing the Packers really don't have is a great run defense, I don't think. So uh, it could be a fun night watching uh, Derrick Henry running through the Packer defense. So Sure, why not? Yeah, what the heck? We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow morning. Uh, so stick around. As soon as the game's over, Meller, Howard Griffith, thanks to Tyler Rocky, all of his help. Thanks to you for calling here on ESPN 1000.